There once was a great hero called Banasura. He was a great devotee of the enormously powerful Lord Shiva and was always ready to render service unto his Lord. Because of Banasura's devotion, he achieved a great position in society and was honored in every respect. He was very intelligent and liberal and his activities are all praiseworthy because he never deviated from his promise and word of honor and therefore he was recognized as being very truthful. In those days he was ruling over the city of Sanatapura and by the grace of Lord Shiva Banasura had 1,000 arms and hands. He became so powerful that even the great demigods like King Indra were serving him like the most obedient servants. Lord Shiva is very easily pleased and he is also very affectionate to his devotees. He is a great protector for persons who take shelter of him and he is the master of all living entities in this material world. Being pleased with Banasura, he told Banasura that whatever he... Whatever you desire, you can have from me, because I am very much pleased with you. Once upon a time, Banasura came to offer his respects to Lord Shiva. By touching the lotus feet of Lord Shiva with his helmet, which was shining like the sun globe, he offered his respectful obeisances unto him. While offering his obeisances, Banasura told Lord Shiva, My dear Lord, My dear Lord Shiva, Please, do not think me unappreciative of your causeless mercy. But I just don't know what to do with these 1,000 arms you have given me. that I can never utilize them properly in fighting. For you see, I cannot find anyone competent enough to fight with me, except your lordship, the original father of the material world. Oh, sometimes I feel such a great tendency to fight with these arms, so I go out and find a suitable warrior. But what happens? Everyone flees, knowing my extraordinary power. So frustrated, being baffled at not finding a match, I simply try to satisfy the itching of these arms by beating them against the huge mountains. Boom! Boom! It's in this way that I tear many great mountains to pieces, but still remain unsatisfied. Lord Shiva realized that his benediction had become troublesome for Banasura. And he addressed them. You rascal, you are very eager to fight. But since you have no one to fight with, you are distressed. Although you think that there is no one in this world to oppose you except me. I say that you will eventually find such a competent person. And at that time, your days will come to an end. Your flag of victory will no longer fly. Then you will see your false prestige shot to pieces. After hearing Lord Shiva's statement, Banasura became very puffed up with his power. He felt very elated and began to think to himself, Oh, my dear Lord Shiva, you have made me very happy. For I have waited so long to utilize the great strength you have given me. And now at last, I can rest assured of a proper match.
Yes. At last, I will have the opportunity to utilize the great benediction of having 1,000 arms. The fight, this fight, win or lose, will be my greatest glory. Now, Banasura had a very beautiful daughter, whose name was Usa. When she had attained the age of marriage and was sleeping amongst her many girlfriends in her palace, she dreamt one night of Aniruddha, the grandson of Lord Krishna. In her dream, Aniruddha was by her side, and she was enjoying a conjugal relationship with him. But in actual fact, she had never seen him nor heard of him before. She awoke from her dream, exclaiming very loudly, My dear beloved! My dear beloved! Being exposed to her other friends in this way, she became a little bit ashamed. What have I done? One of Usa's girlfriends was Chitraleka. Chitraleka was the daughter of Banasura's prime minister. Chitraleka and Usa were also intimate friends, and out of great curiosity, Chitraleka asked, My dear beautiful princess, as of yet you are not married to any young boy, nor have you seen any boys until now. So I'm surprised that you are saying things like, My dear beloved, who are you searching after? Who is your suitable match? My dear friend, in my dream I saw a nice young man who was very, very beautiful. His complexion is swarthy, his eyes are just like lotus petals, and he is dressed in yellow garments. His arms are very long, and his general bodily features are so pleasing that any young girl would be attracted. I feel much pride in saying that this beautiful young man was kissing me. <gasps> and I was very much enjoying the nectar he was kissing me. <laughs> but I'm sorry to inform you that just after this he disappeared, and I've been thrown into the whirlpool of disappointment. My dear friend, I'm very anxious to find this wonderful young man, the desired lord of my heart. Oh, I can understand your bereavement. And I assure you that if this boy is within these three worlds, upper, middle, or lower planetary systems, I will find him for <gasps> your satisfaction. If you can just identify him from your dream, oh, yes. I shall bring you peace of mind. Oh. Now. Let me draw some pictures for you to inspect. And as soon as you find the picture of your desired husband, let me know. It doesn't matter where he is. No? No, I know the art of bringing him here. So as soon as you identify him, I shall immediately arrange for it. Chitraleka, while talking, began to draw many pictures of the demigods inhabiting the higher planetary systems. Then pictures of the Gandharvas, Siddhas, Chiranas, Panagas, Daichas, Vidyadharas, and Yakshas, as well as many human beings. Chitraleka had studied well the Srimad Bhagavatam and other Vedic literatures, which prove definitely that on each and every planet there are living entities of different varieties. Therefore, she was not so foolish as to assert that there are no living entities but those here on this earth. Chitraleka painted many pictures. Among those of the human beings, was the Vishni dynasty, including Vasudeva, the father of Krishna, 
Surasena, the grandfather of Krishna, Sri Balaramaji, Lord Krishna, and many others. When Usa saw the picture of Prajumna, she became a little bashful. But when she saw the picture of Aniruddha, she became so bashful that she immediately lowered her head and smiled, having found the man she was seeking. She identified the picture to Chitraleka as that of the man who had stolen her heart. Besides being Usa's intimate friend, Chitraleka was also a great mystic yogini. And as soon as Usa identified the picture, although neither of them had seen or heard of him before, nor knew his name, Chitraleka could understand that the picture was that of Aniruddha, a grandson of Krishna. That very night, she traveled in outer space. She passed over villages, rolling hills, profuse jungles, rivers, and lakes. And within an amazingly short time, she reached the city of Dwarka, which was well protected by Krishna. She entered the palace and found Aniruddha sleeping in his bedroom on a very opulent bed. Chitraleka, by her mystic power, immediately brought Aniruddha in that sleeping condition to the city of Sanatapura so that Usa might see her desired husband. Usa immediately bloomed in happiness and began to enjoy the company of Aniruddha with great satisfaction. The palace in which Usa and Chitraleka lived was so well fortified that it was impossible for any male to either enter or see inside. Usa and Aniruddha lived together in the palace, and day after day, the love of Usa for Aniruddha grew four times upon four times. Usa pleased Aniruddha with her valuable dresses, flowers, garlands, scents, and incense. By his bedside sitting place were other paraphernalia for residential purposes. Nice drinks, such as milk and sherbet, and wonderful edibles, which could be chewed or swallowed. Above all, she pleased him with sweet words and very obliging service. Aniruddha was worshipped by Usa, as though he were the Supreme Personality of Godhead. By her excellent service, Usa made Aniruddha forget all other things and was able to draw his attention and love upon her without deviation. In such an atmosphere of love and service, Aniruddha practically forgot himself and could not recall how many days he had been away from his real home. In due course of time, Usa exhibited some symptoms of pregnancy, and it could be understood that she had been having intercourse with a male friend. After a while, the symptoms became so prominent that her actions could not be concealed from anyone. Usa was always cheerful in the association of Aniruddha, 
but she did not know the bounds of her satisfaction. The housekeeper and watchman of the palace could guess very easily that she was having relations with a male friend. And without waiting for further development, they approached My dear master, we have come to you with some rather grave news. Grave news? Come. Come. What can be grave? Out with it. Well, uh, you see, it concerns uh, your daughter, Usa. Usa? Usa? Tell me, is she all right? Yes, yes, um, she's all right, sir. It's just that, just that well, well, you see, sir, she's been uh, keeping company with a, a, a young man, and, and, and it, it appears that she's what? become uh, pregnant. Pregnant? I'll strangle you with every one of my thousand hands. Oh, no. we, we do not like to speak such things, oh, Master, but we only, we only feared for your, for your family name should the news yes. get out. Out of here, you're dismissed, incompetent fools! My Usa, no longer a virgin maiden. Oh, my name will be ruined. Oh, Bonasura, you're such a wretch. May the gods have mercy on me. Wait. Perhaps he's still in the palace. Guards! Without delay, he rushed towards the palace where Usa was living. There, he saw that Usa and Aniruddha were sitting together and talking. Yes, my darling. Bonasura saw that his daughter and Aniruddha were a suitable match. Yet, for family prestige, he did not like the combination at all. Bonasura could not understand who the boy actually was, but he appreciated the fact that Usa could not have selected anyone in the three worlds more beautiful. No, Mama. No, Mama. Aniruddha's complexion was brilliant and swarthy. He was dressed in yellow garments and had eyes just like lotus petals. His arms were very long, and he had nice curling bluish hair. The glaring rays of his glittering earrings and the beautiful smile on his lips were certainly captivating. But still, Bonasura was very angry. When Bonasura saw him, Aniruddha was engaged in playing with Usa. Aniruddha was nicely dressed, and Usa had garlanded him with various beautiful flowers. The reddish kunkum powder put on the breasts of women was spotted here and there on the garland, indicating that Usa had embraced him. Bonasura was struck with wonder that even in his presence, Aniruddha was peacefully sitting in front of Usa. Aniruddha knew, however, that his would-be father-in-law was not at all pleased and that he had gathered many soldiers in the palace to attack him. Thus, not finding any other weapon, Aniruddha took hold of a big iron rod and stood before Banasura and his soldiers. He firmly took a posture indicating that if he were attacked, he would strike all the soldiers down to the ground with his iron rod. Banasura and his company of soldiers saw that the boy was standing before them just like the superintendent of death with his invincible rod. 
Now, under the order of Banasura, soldiers from all sides attempted to capture and erect him. When they dared to come before him, Aniruddha struck them down with the rod, breaking their heads, legs, arms, and thighs, and one after another, they began to fall to the ground. He killed them just as the leader of a flock of hawks killed sparkling dogs, one after another. In this way, Aniruddha was able to escape the palace. But Banasura knew various arts of fighting, and by the grace of his lord Shiva, he knew how to arrest his opposing enemy by the use of a snake noose called Nagapasa. And so, Aniruddha was seized as he came out of the palace. When Usha received the news that her father had arrested Aniruddha, she became overwhelmed with grief and confusion. Tears began to glide down her cheeks, and being unable to check herself, she began to cry very loudly. Four months of the rainy season passed, and still, Aniruddha had not returned home. All the members of the Yadu dynasty became much perturbed. They could not understand how the boy was still missing. And then, one day, the great sage Narada came to pay a visit. Narada informed the family about Aniruddha's disappearance from the palace. He explained how Aniruddha had been carried to the city of Sanitapura, the capital of Banasura's empire, and how Banasura had arrested him with the Nagapasa, even though Aniruddha had defeated his soldiers. The news was given in detail, and the whole story was disclosed. Then the members of the Yadu dynasty, Aniruddha's family, all of whom had a great affection for Krishna, the grandfather of Aniruddha, began preparations to attack Sanitapura. Practically all the leaders of the family, including Prajumna, Satyaki, Gadha, Samba, Sarana, Nanda, Upananda, and Bhadra combined together and gathered 18 Akshohini military divisions into phalanxes. Then, they all went to Sanitapura and surrounded it with thousands of soldiers, elephants, horses, and chariots. Banasura heard that the soldiers of the Yadu dynasty were attacking the whole city, tearing down various walls, gates, and nearby gardens. Becoming very angry, he immediately ordered his soldiers, who were of equal caliber, to go and face them. Lord Shiva was so kind to Banasura that he personally came as commander-in-chief of the military force, assisted by his heroic sons, Kartikeya and Ganapati. Seated on his favorite bull, Nandishvara, Lord Shiva was to lead the fighting against Lord Krishna and Balaram. With Lord Shiva and his valiant sons on one side, and Lord Krishna, the supreme personality of Godhead, and his elder brother Balaramaji on the other. 
battle of great ferocity was about to ensue, and everyone who was to witness this fight would see all the hairs in his head and body stand on end. Thus ends part one of the meeting of Usa and Aniruddha. <laughs>